Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode of When in Romance is brought to you by the Read Harder Journal by Book Riot. Created by Book Riot, this smartly designed reading log consists of entry pages to record stats, impressions, and reviews of each book you read. Evenly interspersed among the entry pages are 12 challenges inspired by Book Riot's annual Read Harder Challenge, which began in 2015 to encourage readers to pick up Passover books, try out new genres, or choose titles from a wider range of voices and perspectives. Indulge your inner book nerd and read a book about books. Get a new perspective on current events by reading a book written by immigrants. Find a hidden gem by reading a book published by an independent press and so much more. Each challenge includes an inspiring quotation, an explanation of why the challenge will prove to be rewarding, and five book recommendations that fulfill the challenge. It's a great option if you are trying to do a different kind of reading in this brand new year, and you can get your copy at bookriot.com slash readharderjournal. Hello, hello, and welcome back to When in Romance. We're so excited to start 2019 right. We survived a full year, and here we're back for more. Um, I'm Jess. And I am Trisha, and I fully endorse the idea that starting uh, when in, with When in Romance in 2019 means starting the year off right. Absolutely, absolutely. You know what else is a good way to start the year off right? Even though, you know, there are various people who have different ideas about the concept of it. I I really like talking about bookish re- resolutions because, you know, like, bookish resolutions are things that I can actually attempt at holding on to. Anything else? No. Nah. But, you know, books are life. And if I can at least have an idea planted then, uh, you know, maybe I can actually make it last for 12 months and even longer if I need to. <laughs> I actually kind of appreciate that, Jess, because um, I'm very much of the mind that, like, bookish resolutions sort of sometimes don't even feel like resolute. Like, the, the idea of resolutions sometimes feels like, oh, they're supposed to be painful. Mm. But if it's a book thing, then it's, doesn't, it doesn't feel like it should be hard. No. We like books. That's why we're here. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. I yeah, so no, I'm I am 100% on board. I'm ready to start 2019 off strong. Talk about some bookish resolutions. It's January 10th. We're recording. We're 10 days in. I'm feeling good. I am too. And, you know, once I say that, everything is going to crash horribly, but I'm going to try. And I'll tell you what. I have I have two different sort of avenues for bookish resolutions. There's the ones that I do all the time, and then there are the ones that I'm trying to work on for romance because, you know, as much as I read, there, there's always a way to increase the quality of that reading, right? Absolutely. So, so like, bookish resolutions for me are the same every year. I look at 
the two things that I want to accomplish by the end of the year, and they are read more books that I own because I actually have a room in my house that where the books live. Like, that's all that's there because they have to have their own room. So mm-hmm. read more books that belong to me, even though I just checked three books out from the library earlier this evening. Um, and finish Read Harder because guess what? I'm three years in and I have not yet done that. I try. I always try. I even get more books that might apply to something so that they're sitting there staring at me. And then there's like three tasks that I just do not make, even if I'm staring at the book that would help me finish it. So those are my like big bookish resolutions, universal bookish. But so hold on though. So now both in the pre-roll, I mentioned read harder Mm -hmm. and in your resolution, you've mentioned read harder, but for in case there are uh, some people who just hang out here listening to one in romance, which Welcome. We are thrilled to have you. Absolutely. Uh, we, yeah, you are very, you know, welcome to just listen to this podcast all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they don't know what Read Harder is, do you want to tell them a little bit about it? I can certainly do that. Read Harder is a challenge put forth by Book Riot every year. Um, sometime in December, you receive the challenge for the next year. And it's a collection of 24 tasks where you are challenged to read outside of your comfort zone. Thus, read harder. Make it harder for you. Um, But hopefully, something that you will enjoy in the meantime. Um, And it's 24, so I know people who just do two a month and make their way through the year. And they can range from a a historical romance by an author of color, which is one of the ones this year, to... um, a comic by an LGBTQIA creator um, or a book about space by an author of color, I think, or a woman. Is that one of the women or author of color? My goodness, um, you are very good at this. I am, I'm Googling the thing right now, which is you're just pulling them out of, you know, your memory. But yes, <laughs> it is uh, a book by an author of color set in space. Yeah. Set uh, in or about space. So you're hundred percent right. Yeah. So there's, there's, you know, all kinds of things that you can do with this. Like, I'm looking forward to reading a cozy mystery because I found one called um, The Soul Food Mysteries because I get to read about food and not have to deal with a gory murder. That's fun, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Read Harder is a collection of 24 tasks because we imagine if you are a book right person, you might be able to read 24 books in a year with unless they're... Um, extenuating circumstances that help you broaden your horizons and read beyond what you're used to. Yeah. And what's kind of cool about it too, is that Jess is right. It does push any reader out of um, their comfort zone, but also you can find a way to do it that you, that's not going to push you so far out of your comfort zone that you just you just can't, right? Mm-hmm. So, for example, the you know the number one, like their cha- you know the challenges are listed one through twenty four. The first one on the list is an epistolary novel or collection of letters. If you're a romance reader, you can find that in mm-hmm. romance, right? So, you could read a romance novel that's an epistolary novel, mm-hmm. or um, you know, there's uh, an own voices book is set in Mexico or Central America. There probably is romance. I shouldn't say probably. 
we know that there's romance uh, set in Mexico or Central America mm-hmm. by authors who are Mexican or Central American. So there, you're not going to be able to do that with every book. Um, you know, a book by a journalist or about journalism might be a little bit... Actually, though, there is someone who's a journalist <laughs> who's also a romance. Anyway, and you shouldn't do... I mean, like, I, I wouldn't want anyone to use romance as an excuse or any genre or any way like you know you should push yourself or challenge yourself or or find a way to um read different kinds of books that you're not reading to kind of broaden your perspective of course but i would not want anybody to dismiss the read harder challenge generally because they don't know that they have time to read 24 different kinds of books completely outside of what they generally read for pleasure Right. We know that those of us who podcast or write or talk about books for Book Riot uh, sometimes have more time, more ability to read than some other people do. Um, But do take a look at the list and I'll I'll make sure that it goes in the show notes and see, you know, a historical romance by an author of color is something that any one of you uh, probably has done in the last 12 months and might be very (laughs) excited to do again. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's, yeah. So, uh, so Jess is going to do it this year. I'm going to do it. It's going to happen. All 24 tasks are going to be checked off. Yeah. I'm impressed. I actually, when I did a, um, book riot insiders podcast with Kelly, I talked about how I tend not to do reading challenges because I have a little bit of anxiety anyway. And so they tend to push me a little bit over the top, mm-hmm. but I do try to, uh, evaluate my reading after every year or after, you know, just on a regular basis and take a look at what I've been reading and what I haven't been reading and where I need to um, do a better job of making sure that I'm being inclusive of a lot of different kinds of perspectives. Not, I mean, mostly because I like it and it Mm -hmm. helps me to kind of see the world from a lot of different views. And one of the things that I realized when I was looking at my reading in 2018 is that I did not do as great of a job as I would have liked of reading romance um, that is featuring uh, LGBTQAI uh, plus love stories and romances and by authors who identify as queer. And so that's the thing that I want to make sure that I'm doing a better job of in 2019. Although it's kind of like we were talking about earlier, when you make a bookish resolution, it almost seems f- silly to call it like a resolution because so many of the books that I have loved over the course of the last two years have met that criteria, right? Uh So it's almost like making a resolution to like eat more ice cream or read more (laughs) roller coasters. Like I need to do those things. But it was a good reminder to me that a lot of books that are published um, that do feature queer love stories or that are by, uh, you know, authors that are not um, heterosexual or who are, you know, not writing about male, female romance, they're not, they don't always get a lot of marketing dollars and they're Mm -hmm. not always traditionally published. And so they can be a little bit harder to find, but you know what they've brought me so much joy and delight. And I've been so, um, I've enjoyed them so much when I have found them. So it'll be uh, a very fun resolution, but, uh, it's the one that I'm very much looking forward to, but just something that I want to be much more intentional about. So that is one of my, um, two big romance resolutions for, 2019. So if uh, you or anyone that you know, Jess, which means the reader, the listeners to this podcast, uh, <laughs> 2019 releases that they're excited about, please don't hesitate to let me know. Um, because this is uh, almost definitely my resolution of 2019 that I'm most excited about. And that's not just because uh, going to the gym more is, is not <laughs> a 
particularly <laughs> high bar. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, absolutely. Did you make others? I did. I made one romance one that I I also kind of make every year mentally, but have not actually said the words. And I think saying the words will help me remember to do this. Mm-hmm. And that is read more authors. I I've gotten complacent with going back to my favorites because they keep writing good stuff. Yep. And I, you know, in that room of books where one shelf is dedicated to romance. I have a lot of authors who I've been collecting. I know their names. I know their work. I know exactly what they do, but I haven't read any of their books. And I um, would really like to start actually picking up books by authors that even the ones that I know, but I haven't read because I keep going back to the same favorites. That one is so good. That's such a good resolution. Oh, thank you. Especially in romance, because there, like you said, there are so many authors that, and the, there are so many good authors that you can very easily continue to just, um, re, you know, sort of like rely on the same people mm-hmm. over and over again. And you can fall into, and we'll get into this later when we talk about what we read over the break. But you can fall into <laughs> a rabbit hole of you know, reading 15 books by the same author over a a four or six week period of time and Mm -hmm. not read anybody else. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that one's really good. We, we may have to talk more about that. I might have to try that too. We might have to, I might have to try to like create a metric for myself of making sure I read X number of new authors every month. Ooh. I I just said that I have anxiety and I can't create new challenges, but here we are. (laughs) It's not a challenge. It's just a goal. We're not even 15 minutes into the first podcast of 2019 and I'm uh, creating new stuff for us. So we'll have to figure that out. (laughs) We'll figure it Um, out. Yeah. But, um, well, I can take comfort then in the fact that my second new resolution of uh, 2019 is actually the same as one of my resolutions from 2018. Uh, Jess, I have realized that I am a free writer. Um, which probably means nothing to a lot of people. But if you have a degree in political science like I do, then you have talked a lot about the free rider problem, which means that people take advantage of benefits that exist for everyone with the idea that everyone will contribute. For So, for example, if you ride on the same road every you know, day, and then it starts to get, uh, it starts to deteriorate, but you don't want to have to pay to help repair the road, then it's a problem, right? (laughs) I don't ever do a good job of rating and reviewing things, but I rely very heavily on rates, ratings and reviews. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've realized this more in the last few months because, um, I can't, I, you know, this I'm actually, so I'm planning on traveling for most of 2019 from April through December. I'll be traveling around the United States. And so I've been relying really heavily on other people's reviews on sites like Airbnb um, or Yelp or other places like that. And what I've realized is that even when it comes to Amazon and Goodreads, I have not done a very good job of rating and reviewing books. But when I'm looking about, you know, to see which book I will read next. Mm -hmm. I look at other people's reviews. And I think, like I said, I made this resolution last year that I was going to start doing a better job of reviewing books on Goodreads. But I got kind of paralyzed by this idea that I had to write like a very eloquent, poetic 
thoughtful review of anything mm-hmm. that I put up there, which I don't know why I thought that because clearly I come on here every two weeks and just say <laughs> whatever comes to mind. So that was sort of a silly idea. But um, I was talking to a friend of mine who is an author who was saying, like, even if you're willing to just put a star review someplace, it helps authors and it helps readers and it helps people um, figure out what they want to do next. So I am recommitting now. And, you know, especially in April when I am on, you know, on paid leave from my job, I will have much more time to <laughs> do all kinds of reading and reviewing things. So, yeah, so I I realized that I made this resolution a year ago, but I'm feeling good. Like 2019 might actually be the year. Like awesome. it's actually going to happen. Um, so that is my, my other bookish romantic romance resolution of 2019. Awesome. Awesome. That's a good, I need to, I need to do more reviewing too. I try to rate things unless I just have no idea how I feel when I finish it. But I realized that I might put in a review for every five or six books. And that's really just if I have strong feelings that I need to express. Yeah. Well, and you're very, I mean, you're much better about it than I am because I will see that you will have reviewed something or it'll pop up on, you know, Twitter or whatever. Um, but yeah, I was on Goodreads. This is kind of tangential, but before the holidays, and I was looking at reviews just to kind of get a sense for what people were doing and how they were writing. This one person had left a Goodreads review for like part of a Kindle sample of the first story of an anthology. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's like, that's maybe just don't then just don't review it mm-hmm. like if you didn't like that one part of one of five stories in an anthology maybe this is not for you and then you know then i immediately had the thing of like okay well i can do better than that <laughs> i mean god so anyway so 2019 the year of, of no longer being a free rider that's that's my that's my task we'll see how it goes mm-hmm. excellent so did you have other resolutions or were those yours because those were mine. The, the yeah, big, mine too. The big overarching ones, and then like really read read more people. Just like ex- expand upon my knowledge of romance authors, because I'll bet there are some of you who are like, "Oh God, she's talking about another Talia Hibbert book." Like, I can't help it. There are so many, and they're also good. But mm-hmm. I know that there are other people who write amazing things that I just haven't gotten to yet. I actually started the year outright by reading my first Eva Lay book. Um, oh. And was it good? I don't know yet. I mean, so okay, far. But you started it. Good for I you. I started it. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. Look at you. Look well at done. <laughs> well done. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of new authors and new books, do you want to uh, do an ad spot? I do. And let's say thank you to The One You Fight For by Ronnie Lauren. I really hope that's how you say your name. I apologize if it's not. Um, this is, I believe, the third in a series. Um, and it is about um, people who, when they were younger had survived a school shooting. So just so so you know what's going on in the universe. Um, Taryn Landry has never fully recovered from losing her sister in a school shooting 10 years ago, but she's determined to complete her research that should help prevent future school shootings. Unfortunately, the only way to complete her project is to interview the brother of the boy who killed her sister. 
After spending over a decade dealing with the media and the fallout from his brother's rampage, Shaw Miller is trying to start a new life. So when Taryn wants to interview him, he refuses. But Taryn won't take no for an answer, and soon they both realize that if they let their guards down, they could find love, peace, and forgiveness. So, um... The first two books in this series, which were The Ones Who Got Away, the first one, and The One You Can't Forget, have garnered numerous starred reviews. They were both picked as Amazon Best Books of the Month. Um, And Colleen Hoover, who is a pretty popular person in our little universe, uh, said that the series was absolutely unputdownable. And I would be able to agree if I had read any of them, even though I own all of them. So back to that whole resolution thing, read more authors. Yeah, but seriously, though, these are the books, like, I actually have a couple of these set aside as books that I want to read soon, because these books have been just critically acclaimed, like, people are all in on this series. I think that's, which is particularly impressive, because I think the idea of writing about a group of people that overcame a school shooting Mm -hmm. is a tough hurdle to overcome absolutely the fact that ronnie lauren overcame it and is still these books are wildly popular and critically acclaimed is that's speaks very highly absolutely so yeah if you are interested check out the one you fight for by ronnie lauren which can be read as a standalone but is probably good with the ones who got away and the one you can't forget if you want to you know, try a few books out. Um, and if you're interested in more about Ronnie Lauren herself, you can find her on Twitter at Ronnie Lauren, L O R E N. Ronnie is R O N I. Um, or on Facebook. Yay. Yay. So thank you to the one you fight for, for sponsoring this week's podcast. Yay. Yeah. That's like you said, that's speaking of authors that I am behind on, that is 100% one of them mm-hmm. for me. Um, Jess, it's 2019. It's a new year. That means a whole year of new books. It is. Uh, I have so many that I'm excited about. We sort of made the commitment that we were going to, at least for this podcast, just stick with three books that we're excited about that mm-hmm. are coming out in 2019. <sighs> Do you want me to start or you want me to? We may have to do multiple segments of this over the course of the next six months. I'm I, know. Months, I know. It's like, but, hey, guess what? Another book has been announced. But why yeah, don't you go first? Another one we haven't talked about. So I uh-huh. will start actually by talking about one that I um, wrote about for the uh, Book Riot overall books that we're excited about for 2019. And that's Beard Necessities by Penny Reed. Um, I won't go too too deep into it because I've talked about the Winston Brothers series uh, more than once on this podcast. And I actually reread a lot of the series over the holidays because uh, I thought it would be more responsible of me to reread some of the series if I was going to write about it for Book Riot, which turned into a whole rabbit hole, which meant that I just reread a lot of the books. But <laughs> I kind of feel like this. So the Beard Necessities is the last book in the series. It's the last brother of the um, Winston brother family, which is uh, in western Tennessee. They're in the sort of Smoky Mountains region. And um, this series is actually spun off of the Knitting in the City series. But the two characters in this last book are Billy and Claire who are present in all of the other books in the series. And Penny Reed has kind of been teasing their story a little bit by a little bit and kind of laying the breadcrumbs in a way that I almost feel like 
in a way, the other books are just eventually going to kind of feel like prologue to whatever happens in this book. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's actually going to be two books. So Beard Necessities is the full one, but she's actually kind of doing a prequel to that. And I, I can't remember what it's called, but it's kind of from Claire's perspective. And it's when they're kids, it kind of details whatever happened between the two of them as teenagers that led to the complete rupture of their relationship, Mm -hmm. which is why at this point as adults, they don't speak, they have no relationship. And, um, there's just, it's just been like a very slow burn. There's a lot of family drama. Mm -hmm. Her family is like in a motorcycle club. It's a lot. (laughs) Uh, so anyway, I'm really, really excited to just kind of see how Penny Reed decides to kind of end this series that she's been building for the last four or five years. Mm -hmm. Um, in a way that hopefully is in some ways comedic, even though I have a feeling parts of it will also be devastating. But I think I can handle it. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. If there's if there's anybody who can do comedically devastating, it's Penny Reed. Yeah. So we'll see. So that's uh, Beer Necessities by Penny Reed coming out this fall. I want to say it's October, but we'll uh, we'll see. If the date's available, I'll put it in the show notes. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I know I just said that um, I want to read more authors, but... I mean, the book that I also wrote about in our big anticipated reads list on Book Riot um, is An Unconditional Freedom by Alyssa Cole. And it is, I believe, unless she decides, I won't write more, um, The also the wrap-up to the Loyal League series. And it... Um, includes two new characters daniel we've met in previous books but don't really know much about kind of interested to see how we Alyssa builds on his whole character and um there's just i can't wait to see just if if previous characters are going to be called back and you know how people are going to how this whole series is going to end um if it's going to end with a war or if it'll just sort of expect us to know that eventually the war ends, you never know. If you, if you're not familiar with the loyal league series, it's a, um, a collection of spy craft, um, that takes place during the American civil war. And the first book introduces us to, um, a young black woman with an eidetic memory who is a spy in the Confederacy and her uh, eventual um, romantic lead interest pairing hero, whatever you want to call it, um, <laughs> is also a spy and they have to work together to, you know, gather information. So from there, we sort of fall further and further into the devastating tragedy that is the American Civil War and no punches are pulled as far as race relations or the horrors of both war and slavery and it's just some kind of way each book ends hopefully some (laughs) Um, kind of way some kind of way um uh but you know if you're looking for a book of historical romance by an author of color. And like un- perhaps for a challenge of some kind, Jess? For a challenge of some kind. Um, an Unconditional Freedom is the third in the series, so I would re- recommend starting with a, An Extraordinary Union, which is the beginning. Um, 
But who knows, maybe if you pick this one up and see how it all ends, you can just go back and start at the beginning and work your way through again. So once again, An Unconditional Freedom by Alyssa Cole is probably my most anticipated book. And it comes out in February, so I don't have to wait that long. Um, But I can't wait. (laughs) But yeah, there it is. There it is. Uh, well, speaking of new authors, because, you know, the year is long. Mm-hmm. We we have time to build in new authors. Uh, there is an author who was published in Canada mm-hmm. last year who the, I mean, this book went bananas in Canada, which is, um, I think, part of the reason that it ended up getting picked up uh, by Berkeley Romance to be published here. Um, but there's a book called Aisha at Last by Uzma Jalaluddin, um, which is essentially a Pride and Prejudice uh, retelling um, the the Canadian version was sent it set in I believe Toronto which I think the new one probably is as well um, mm. which is the American version that that Berkeley's publishing this year I, again I believe is is probably in Toronto but maybe it's not who knows at any rate um, and it's a uh, I was I was listening to an interview with the author um, and she was asked kind of you know the, there are a lot of misconceptions about the Islamic community. Did you go into writing this book with the intention of addressing those? And she said, essentially, yeah, I wanted to write a comedy. I wanted to write a funny story about a community that is often maligned and misunderstood in the media. Um, and that's why I wanted to do it in a way that was really inclusive. Mm-hmm. And I, that's just such a lovely kind of great way to I, to think about representation, right? Mm-hmm. You know, everybody deserves to have their story told and it doesn't always have to be in a very heavy, intense fighting all of the battles kind of a way. Mm-hmm. So you and I talked a little bit about, um, pride and prejudice retellings in our last episode that, uh, talked about pride, which was a different pride and prejudice retelling. Um, and this one seems like there's some other interesting stuff going on. The, uh, heroine is trying to repay a debt to an uncle. So I think, Maybe there's some of the characters maybe gender sw- you know flipped a little bit, and actually some of the feedback that we got about Pride was that you know retellings should also be able to stand on their own. So it'll be interesting to see if this one also can. But like I said, it was wildly popular um, when it was published last year in other countries, and so I'm just very excited to see uh, how uh, Aisha at Last by Uzma Jalaluddin um, looks, you know, here stateside. So. And I actually have a copy of it, so I should be able to find that out soon. But it is, uh, and this one is uh, coming out a little bit later. It's not coming out till June, but we'll put the the date and the link in the show notes so that you will be ready to go when when it does end up on shelves here in the U.S. Awesome. If you are a U.S. listener, if you are a Canadian listener, you probably already read it. You can let us know what you think. <laughs> That's great. And you know what's funny, Tricia? Oh yes, I'm ready. Speaking of Pride and Prejudice, one of my anticipated books, which is really sad because I I have a copy of this book as well, um, is Mm -hmm. Unmarriageable by Sonia Kamal. And the subtitle of Unmarriageable is Pride and Prejudice in Pakistan. Uh Aha. Aha. I like it. This is a modern day retelling of Pride and Prejudice set in Pakistan, which is not something that you see. And I I have read books 
by authors from Pakistan, but I've never actually read anything especially modern and fun that is set there. So I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm actually really looking forward to just like, let's have fun in Pakistan. Yeah. Um, And the interesting thing about Unmarriageable is that um, the author decided to write it so that like the people present in the story know of the existence of Jane Austen. Like the, the main character, um, I'm going to call her Alice because I don't know if it's pronounced differently. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm sure I will learn that very quickly once I read it. Um, Has found her calling teaching English literature, and she shares her love of Jane Austen with younger girls. And I don't know if this is just a Jane Austen who never wrote Pride and Prejudice, because, gosh, wouldn't it be interesting if you met a guy whose last name is Darcy, D-A-R-S-E-E, and he Mm -hmm. rubbed you the wrong way immediately, and think, Mm -hmm. huh, this is... This sounds really familiar. So I don't know. I really look forward to finding that out because I really enjoy seeing how authors of any background um, retell a story, as we talked about when we were talking about Pride. But I'm really looking forward to seeing it taken and placed in a non-Western setting. That sounds awesome. Do you know when it comes out? It comes out um, actually at the end of this month, like really soon after this episode airs january 22nd so perfect maybe we'll all read it together what do you think yeah oh that sounds lovely okay great perfect (laughs) (laughs) when in romance has decided to just become pride and prejudice retellings uh or uh, book club retellings so we'll see um okay that sounds awesome uh my third pick of Fifty thousand, um, <laughs> but the third and last for today is a book called "The Key to Happily Ever After" by Tiff Marcello, um, which I again I have not read. I have this one too, um, and I'm excited to read it. It's about a, um, it's about three sisters who are working to keep their family wedding business going, mm-hmm. um, and as may have become evident uh, in our last episode, which also featured a recommendation for me about three sisters. I do like, uh, a nice, you know, sort of split narrative, particularly if there are multiple sisters involved. Um, and <laughs> one of the things that I, I'm kind of, I'm not sure about for this book, but we'll see if it's similar to some of the other split narrative books of this style that I've seen, it may even fall a little bit more in the kind of romantic contemporary fiction realm than the romance genre you know specifically Hmm. which i think could be kind of a good thing because we often some one of the recommendations that we often get um or that i've seen more than once uh for book riot is for oh i hate this term so much but i'm going to use it just so that you all know what i'm talking about (laughs) women's fiction by authors uh who are not white by authors of color Mm -hmm. and uh we it's that's there's not as much it can be trickier to put your finger on than you might think mm-hmm. not because it's not out there it, it is it just doesn't get marketed as heavily or it's not publicized as much and so um it you know anytime that you can find a an author who uh is writing sort of that style of multi-narrative um but everybody still gets a an emotionally satisfying ending but maybe not all three sisters end up with somebody or maybe they do. It doesn't, you know, like that. It's just mm-hmm. kind of a, it, it offers a little bit more flexibility when you have that sort of multi-narrative story, mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons that I'm, I'm really excited to read this book and see um, what Tiff Marcella does with it. 
so yeah, so I'm excited to read the key to happily ever after and see how it goes. Um, and you know, everything that I've read by her in the past has been great. So I'm excited to read, you know, this, this new one. We'll see what happens. Excellent. Yeah. I'm, I, I remember putting her book, putting that book on my to read, want to read list on Goodreads. And I'm Mm -hmm. glad you've reminded me that it is, it exists and is coming so that I actually remember to look for it again. Yeah. Um, well, and I will, uh, like I said, I, it's supposed to, so I am in DC, it's supposed to snow here this weekend. So I plan to read at least like three books. So maybe nice. I'll just read like the ones that I'm excited about that I've been talking about and we'll just, you know, see what happens. Very nice. Very nice. Oh, I, well, I don't have one of them. So I, ha- well, I only have to read two. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> this is go. so easy. Yeah. This is going to be great. <sighs> all right. Well, what's number three for you, Jess? Number the three The suspense is killing all of us. Is American Dreamer by Adriana Herrera. Um, and I've been sort of watching her post about first, like, Hey, guess what? I have something to tell you to guess what? This book is coming out to, Oh my God, look at this cover. And I am so excited for this book. So, um, American dreamer features a, um, young Dominican American hero who has an Afro-Caribbean food truck and he moves it from New York City to upstate New York to this little town and he's just he's really excited to move you know he he he's more excited about not being in New York but you know what it is um and sure this is a male male romance so um he has the opportunity to fall in love with a local, which is always nice. Um, And I'm just really looking forward to reading a new author um, and actually reading a book about with a Dominican American hero. Hey, isn't that something Mm -hmm. someone was looking for a while ago? I think it was. And in fact, we recommended this very book, but you may not remember because I uh, misread Adriana Herrera's name when we, I think I call, I I don't remember what I, how I called her first name, but I got it wrong. So that may be why you uh, don't remember, but yes, we in fact talked about this book and I'm very excited about it too. All right. Yeah. I, I, now that you mentioned it, I do recall talking about it. Um, but you know it's it's been a little while. Just a, I know we've been apart while. for so long. We have been. I'm so happy to be back to, together with you, Trisha. It's true. Reunited. So once again, American Dreamer. It comes out in March 4th. So all of my anticipated books are pretty early in the year. But um, that that's just a few of very many. So many. So uh, many. Speaking of books that we are excited about, I will do another ad spot. All right. If, if you're ready. If you're I ready. Am. Okay. Let's do it. So, ad spot number two, we are uh, very grateful to Night Chaser by Amanda Bouchette for sponsoring the show. Captain Tess Baylor, Bailey sorry, and her ragtag band of thieves are wanted criminals. They steal from the haves and give to the have-nots. Even though her heart is in the right place, her actions still get her into trouble, and there's no trouble greater than the dreaded Galactic Overseer Novalite. Mm-hmm. After stealing top, a top-secret military laboratory and inciting Novalite's rage, Tess and her crew manage to escape and miraculously survive. Docked on their new planet, Tess encounters the tall, dark, and haughty bounty hunter Shade Ganavan, who has to decide if he wants to turn them over to the Galactic Overseer and be set for life, 
or if the real payoff is winning Tessa's heart. Amanda Bouchette's first series, The Kingmaker Chronicles, received extraordinary praise. And I mean, this is absolutely true. Like Mm -hmm. these books were, again, speaking of books that people have been talking about for literally years, (laughs) uh, The Kingmaker Chronicles are 100% um, in that group. They received eight-star reviews, Amazon Best Book of 2016 and 2017, and NPR Best Book of 2016, a Bustle Best Romance of 2016, and a Washington Best Book Romance of the Month, New York Times bestselling author. Um, So we could go on and on and on and on. Night Chaser is the perfect genre bender. Readers will love this. Wait for it, Jess. Star Wars meets Robin Hood. Sci-fi fantasy romance that combines snappy banter, unforgettable characters, and of course, swoony high-stakes romance. So huge thanks to Night Chaser by Amanda Bouchette for sponsoring the show. Trisha could see my face. Yeah, I was you just going to say, I, this Jess's screen is not frozen, but she <laughs> is very much needing a moment for herself. Right now. <laughs> I am. Oh, I can't wait for that book. I'll tell you, I actually started the first book in her previous series and was having a period in my reading where I was, I was kind of feeling squicky about kidnapping. And, you know, it comes and goes because, I mean, my favorite, sure. my favorite Disney movie is Beauty and the Beast. So I have yep. gotten over the whole Stockholm Syndrome thing. Um, but some, I might go back and read those, but I am definitely going to be reading this very soon. Um, well, and then, okay, so this is actually really helpful for me because this book is described as a sci-fi fantasy romance. Jess. The last thing we were going to talk about on this podcast is mm-hmm. what we read over the break when we were sadly not discussing romance together. Mm-hmm. And I have to tell you, my um, resolution, one of my resolutions that I actually did sort of try to do mm-hmm. for 2018 was read, thanks to all of you for the many good suggestions, uh, was read a little bit more science fiction and fantasy romance. Mm-hmm. And I realized when I was doing it, so the first book that I read was Burn For Me by um, Ilona Andrews. And I was like, I'm not sure if this is sci-fi or fantasy, but I think it's fantasy. And I realized I don't know the difference. <laughs> so I appreciate that they describe it as both. I think it's fantasy. If it's people using magic, is it fantasy? Usually. But okay. people in space have magic, too. <laughs> okay, there's nobody in space. It was all in Houston. Okay. If it's people <laughs> using magic in Houston, then is it fantasy? That's fantasy. And that's okay, urban great. fantasy. Okay, great. Oh, that was so helpful. So anyway, long story long, Burn For Me by Lona Andrews. So this is, here are some of the things that you need to know about this series. So people kept talking about how it is addictive. That is true. What they did not tell me was that part of the reason that it's addictive, and I don't know if there's a romance term for this or not, but it's that it's the same couple through the mm-hmm. whole trilogy of books. So they don't necessarily end up in like an H-E-A-H-F-N happy place after the first book, mm-hmm. which is maybe a spoiler. I don't know, but I, I feel like you should know that going in because there's been a lot of discussion about mm-hmm. H-F-A. Anyway, there's <laughs> a lot of things. discussion about it. Yes. So uh, you should know that. You should also know that these books are very violent. There's a very high death count. They're not super graphic necessarily in the violence, but if that is not a thing that is for you, that's okay. <laughs> you should read a different thing. But other than that, I was very addicted to them. I have like one hour left in the third book, which 
now you all know what I will be doing immediately after we stop ending this podcast. But the story of the, the books is that in the 1800s, um, people started injecting themselves with a serum that gave some of them magic powers in some, like altered their genetics. Uh, and so some of them got magic powers. Some of them were injured in some way. Like it didn't always end great, mm. but for the people who it did end great, they got powers that they could pass down genetically, but that was not the case for everybody. So some people have magic, some people don't. And it's now it's outlawed. Like they realized what happened. They're like, no more of this, but it's created this sort of like parallel government to the non-magic people government. And there's this woman, Nevada, who's just like, she's got some magic. She's got a family who has some magic. I'm not going to go into the details of that. You can read more about it. Her family is not a house mm-hmm. of like, it's, you know, it's run by these houses of magic, etc. She's just trying to be a private investigator, privately investigate things. <laughs> a lot of things happen. And again, I'm not going to get into it. You know, we're going to run out of time, but <laughs> she ends up being, uh, you know, encountered by uh, this guy who, his name is Mad Connor Rogan. Mad Rogan is how he's referred in the first book, which mm-hmm. is a little bit dismissive of people who are dealing with mental illness, but that's kind of intentional mm-hmm. because he is dismissed in a way that is he probably shouldn't be because there's much more depth to him. Uh, and so anyway, throughout the course of the books, things happen. They maybe fall in love. It's possible she and other members of their family realize that maybe there's more magic in their house than they realize. Mm. And anyway, uh, family is really key. Like there's the books are funny. Like they're they're great. It was they're a lot of fun to read, and um, I liked them very much. So the burn for me is the first book, um, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that you can find the others. But again, they're they're pretty violent. But if you can, you know, if that's not a thing that is a, a major turnoff for you, and if you are trying to read more fantasy. <laughs> in uh, urban fantasy, as I've been told, in 2019, uh, that might be a good place to start. And that is one of the things that I read over the holidays. Awesome. Well, one of the things that I read over the holidays... So I, I've i been working on a non-romance book project that it involves a lot of my, my time and effort, which I've really enjoyed. But it also means that I'm on a deadline for those and have also been trying to put in some romance where I can. So my winter holidays were full of novellas. Like every time I turned around, I was like, Ooh, a novella. Um, So that I still got my nice little taste of romance, but it could be between 70 and 150 pages if I really wanted it to be. And uh, one of those was a book that, you know, was kind of heavily discussed um, on the interwebs over that brief period, but I had already read it, so I was very proud of myself. <laughs> and that book was Take a Chance on Me by Slika oh, Snyder. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she herself will tell you that she just wanted to write a book about Beardy Chris Evans. Um, and uh, that Beardy Chris Evans character came in the character of Trucker Kerrigan, who is a local in a small town where Pinky works at the only Indian restaurant. And he is in a biker gang. But guess what? Motorcycle club, Jess. Come on. He is in a biker gang. All right. Like, well, yeah, his might be a biker gang. This is legit a biker gang. But (laughs) he's not really... I mean, he is because, you know, he probably got beat up when he had to join. And what's the 
term jumped in um, and all of that stuff. But he's also ATF. <laughs> so there's that. But of course, nobody knows that because then he would actually be murdered. Um, sure. And, uh, you know, Pinky is just like, oh, God, he's hot, but I can't because, you know, motorcycle clubs and racism and all of that. But eventually sure. they're just like, you know what? Screw it. Let's go have sex. And <laughs> that's the yep. beginning of a very brief, a very not brief, very quick, very steamy relationship. And it's, you know, it's not very long. It's a delightful evening's reading. Um, and it's just, it's so great. And I got to, like, imagine some kind of mashup of the various Chris's um, with beards um in in this whole reading and it was just nice so that was take a chance on me by Suleika snyder mashup of chris's might be our show title we'll see i'm down uh, <laughs> i'm just saying we'll see how it goes we'll see what happens <laughs> um so the other book that i read um over break that qualifies because i read some nonfiction, i read some non-romance but uh, and i reread like i said the winston brothers series and i read some christmas holiday books which is not really helpful for this conversation so this is obnoxious <laughs> and i recognize that this is obnoxious but the other book that i read and can recommend to all of you is a book that doesn't come out until the spring <laughs> i know i'm a jerk but you should still like bookmark it because it's it's really good it's a um it's fumbled by alexa martin which is the next book in the series that started with intercepted by alexa martin which was our very first when in romance book club book that we discussed last fall um and i will be honest with you i actually think i liked fumbled even better than intercepted mm-hmm. um it's a secret baby slash secret 10 year old romance because the baby in this book is now 10 mm-hmm. uh and i felt like it was done in mostly a believable manner if like, if Secret Baby is not a, tr- a trope that you can deal with, then this probably will not work for you. Let's, let's be honest. <laughs> if, like, that's not for you, then that's fine. But I actually thought it was well done and it worked. I will also say I thought that this book, one of the things that you and I talked a little bit about and that we heard a little bit about was that some of the cattiness in Intercepted was kind of a turnoff for some readers. This book was not nearly as catty as Intercepted. Mm-hmm. It did have a lot of the kind of same kind of tongue-in-cheek observations around the uh you know the women who are associated with the football team and kind of some of their bedazzled jerseys and whatnot but it mostly focused on like the female friendships maybe even more so than intercepted Mm -hmm. um and i just really appreciate the way that alexa martin's heroines take care of themselves and that's not a dig at all it's it's in a way that's really important like they know what they can handle in a really adult and mature way and when they get to a point when they have to walk away they they can do that and that's not really a spoiler i'm not going to give any more details than that but they're great (laughs) there was also a really good really really i think the thing that put me over this over the top for me for above intercepted was that there was a great discussion of cte and brain injury and the Mm -hmm. way that football impacts um the men who are playing it and That discussion in this book went in a direction that I would not necessarily have expected because Alexa Martin's husband played football for eight years. Mm -hmm. And so I thought this might kind of go a different way. And I was really impressed and happy to see it go in in the direction that it did. And Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I thought it was really, really well done. Also, at the end of this book, they tease who book number three is about. And one of the characters is somebody that I have wanted this 
like multiple times, both intercepted and fumbled. I've been like, I really hope that this person gets a book and I'm pretty sure that that person's about to get a book and I am very much here for it. All caps all the way on board. I hope that it comes out very soon. But in the meantime, all of you should be flagging your, you know, calendars to read intercepted. I'm sorry. God, (laughs) I can never get these books right. Fumbled by Alexa. Read Intercepted if you haven't. But yeah. then do read Fumbled. And actually, funny story, some other people have mentioned that they didn't like Fumbled or Intercepted because they didn't, they're not football fans. Uh, Poppy, who is the heroine in Fumbled, also does not like football. So <laughs> if you're not a sports fan, you might still very much like this book. Um, so I'll put the release date and the link in the show notes. And like I said, I, I really don't like to you know recommend something that's not out yet, but I like this book a lot and I didn't want to you know, not have an opportunity, take the opportunity to, to recommend it. So fumbled by Lex Martin, watch for it. It's coming soon. Awesome. And it looks like you can pre-order it. So if you're, if you're ready, make that order, make that order, <laughs> make that order. Um, I too, um, did some, some holiday reading. Like I think I read in bed for Christmas or one bed for Christmas on Christmas. And I also read The Remaking of Gorbin Whale, which is a great book that I guess you could call it a holiday romance because there are some things that happen at Hanukkah, but I don't know. Um, and, you know, making challah is a very important part of that. Um, but <laughs> the other book that I want to talk about is Only for a Night, which is actually an older title. Um, so you can find it. And I found out it was actually the top selling linked book off of Book Riot um, from an, and probably mostly from a post earlier last year um, about um, shorter erotic stories. So um, it's Only for a Night by Naima Simone and the the two leads were really good friends, basically in love in high school, but they split because um well, they they door slammed, I guess, really, um, because he was getting moving up the ranks in the Irish mob, and her parents weren't sure. really into that. So, Ugh. and, and she, she was totally in love with him, but was like, "Hey, this other guy, like, he asked me to marry him. Do something about it." And he was like, "I'm happy for you. Walk away." And it was just like, ah. Um, so now they're both adults and single. Um, her husband has died, and, and you know it's been years, so she's not like in immediate mourning. And uh, he owns an aphrodisiac club. Sure. <laughs> so there's a As bar. One does. There's a bar on one level, and you go upstairs and do whatever fantastical thing you want to do. Um, and she comes to him and is like, I want to, I want to have sex like real good, like blow my mind sex. And uh, he says, sure, but it can only be a night. And she's like, cool. Cause I can only handle a night because they obviously still have feelings for each other, but neither thinks they're good for the other. Mostly he doesn't think he's good enough for her, even though he's left the mob. He started his own very lucrative business and it, you know, he's on the right side of the law and all of that, but he's still got hangups from, you know, growing up in the Irish mob. Like you do, right? I mean, ugh. <laughs> haven't we all been there? So I will tell you, this is a tiny book with a big punch, 
both as far as if you don't like sexy times, don't even like, don't even read the sample. Um, if you do like sexy times, you're in for a treat. But there's also like so much emotion. I'll t- this actually, this was my first Naima Simone. Um, not the first one I've bought, but the first one I've actually opened and sat down to read. Um, and there's so much feeling and heartbreak and delight and joy and like tears, tears being like the reader being in tears. It's just like all of this happening in such a short time and the satisfaction of getting to the end is worth it all. Um, so that's Only for a Night by Naima Simone. And I read that right before the year ended. So I think that might have actually been my last book of the year. Aw. And it's the last book we're recommending today on When in Romance. Yes. Because one of our joint resolutions is to try to get the shows in under 45 minutes, which we, as you can tell, are, we <laughs> did not do that today. No. But no, we didn't. We have 12 months to get there, hopefully. Or, we'll, we'll work on it. Anyway. We'll work on it. Um, we are so happy to be back here with all of you. We are delighted uh, to get to, to you know talk with you more in 2019. If you would like to talk more with any of us about your resolutions, books that you're excited about this year, books that you read over the break, please uh, feel free to reach out. Jess, how will the people reach you? You are more than welcome to find me on the interwebs. I am on Twitter at Jess's Reading, all one word, or Instagram at Jess underscore is underscore reading. And I am on both at at Trisha Haley Brown. Uh, There's no Owen Brown on Twitter because you know, character limits. Um, (laughs) And, you know, feel free to, like I said, let us know what you are thinking, reading, listening to on audio books, etc. But in the meantime, happy new year to all of you. We are very excited to be here. And I think, is that it, Jess? I think it is. Happy new year and happy reading. Happy reading, everybody.